Welcome to Sigma Tiger News, where you come get some of that hot, juicy beef. The Tiger's take on the news today. If you're new here, welcome to The Ambush. This is where we get all of the hot news of the day, read to you by the Sigma Tiger. If you'd like to join the Sig Tig community, like, subscribe, share the link. Everyone wants to know what's going on. So today we're going to have a look at a bunch of MSN aggregate articles. So let's go ahead. Let's have a look. What do we got today? Never before seen virus that causes malaria-like illness already circulating. This is an article by Catherine Fiddler of Metro. Never before seen virus that causes malaria-like illness has been detected in Peru. The disease was first seen in a man in his 20s who went to the hospital after suffering from two days of fever, chills, headaches, and muscle pain, among other symptoms. Doctors were unable to identify what was causing the mystery illness, but further laboratory investigation revealed a previously unknown pathogen. The virus is classed as flebovirus, which causes acute febrile, feverish illnesses, including malaria and Rift Valley fever. Rift Valley fever can be fatal if it develops into hemorrhagic fever, causing bleeding from the mouth, ears, eyes, and internal organs. Flebaviruses are typically spread by biting insects such as sandflies, mosquitoes, or ticks. There are 66 species of flebovirus, nine of which have been found to cause febrile illness in Central and South America. However, only three have been detected in Peru. Ecratevirus, Maldonado virus, and candirovirus. The virus detected in hospital De La Merced Chanchamayo in 2019 does not appear to be like any already seen. Instead, analysis suggests the entirely new virus was created by an ECHV virus exchanging fragments of DNA with another virus known as a recombinant event. Writing in the journal, Emerging infectious diseases, the authors warned the virus is likely already circulating in the jungles of Peru, and monitoring must be maintained. This article is just stating that uh, viruses, just like all other organisms, are able to uh, reproduce as well as uh, combine DNA to produce potentially new viruses. Uh, so they're basically stating that there is something that's going around, nothing to be worried of just yet. It's in South America. It's transmitting from flies to humans. So we'll keep you posted on that one. What are the symptoms of white lung syndrome? Mysterious pneumonia outbreak hits Ohio. This is an article by SK Pop by Anupal Shreben Nyog. Multiple cases of a kind of pneumonia called white lung syndrome have been reported in Ohio, U.S. for some time. The news comes a few days after China suffered from a similar outbreak. The Mirror states that it is a kind of pneumonia that is also described as an inflammation of the lungs and is mostly common in children. About 142 cases have been registered so far, all in children aged between 3 and 14 years. 
According to Newsweek, there is no evidence that these cases are linked to the outbreak in China. WTRF has reported that the common symptoms include fever, cough, and fatigue. The cause behind the outbreak remains unknown, but the authorities of Ohio reportedly believe it is to be a respiratory problem and a mixture of various viruses. People are being advised to wash their hands, cover their face while coughing, and stay at home in case of bad health to prevent the spread. So, there's a respiratory viruses are circulating, RSV, COVID, influenza, and as well as this white lung pneumonia. Uh, it seems to be several different outbreaks across the globe with regards to these respiratory illnesses. As of now, all normal, nothing to see here. Moving along. All right, this is Newsful with a story by John Wright. I'm a doctor, and here are 10 ways to protect yourself against the next COVID wave. COVID-19 cases have been rising nationwide for more than a month, well before the official start of fall. Cooler weather and the holiday season are just around the corner, and more people are spending time indoors and in large gatherings that provide opportunities for the virus to spread. So how can you protect yourself now and against whatever this fall and winter's waves might hold? These are the best ways, according to doctor. Get vaccinated. Number one, of course. Health experts are concerned that this fall and winter may bring a triple-demic in which healthcare providers and hospitals are slammed with patients suffering from COVID, the flu, RSV, or some combination of the viruses. Getting vaccinated against all three is actually the best way to reduce the chance of having a peak convergence where we see a really big surge in respiratory illness that could overwhelm hospitals. Epidemiologist Dr. Sarah Kemble recently told Hawaii News Now. There is uh, arguments for and against that, of course. Uh, one would be the vat, uh, fatigue that is... Uh, Oh, uh, incurred through multiple vaccinations under a short period of time. The body may not produce the same immune response after being inoculated over and over for several different things. Who should get each vaccine? Everybody aged six months and older is recommended to receive the influenza vaccine as well as the COVID-19 vaccine. Dr. William Schaefer, professor of medicine in the Division of Infectious Diseases at the Vanderbilt University School of Medicine told KLAS on Wednesday. For people aged 60 and older, have a conversation with your doctor and you may be eligible for the RSV vaccine. So this specific doctor is stating that everybody who is eligible should receive it. And articles are also stating that anyone above the age of 65 should go ahead and get these vaccines. So there's a school of thought for both. If you just had COVID, wait this long on the vaccine. You could probably wait about three months or 90 days, said Kemble. The idea being that when you had recent infection, it probably was with the current circulating strain, and that's why you got it recently. And so your natural immunity will also provide some protection. Stock up on tests. Carry a mask. Mask up in crowded areas. Do a risk assessment. Should I enter this Walmart after seeing the parking lot? Stay home if you're ill. Good idea. That's the best one. Mask on airplanes. The ideal date to get vaccinated for everyone else because the effectiveness of the flu and COVID-19 vaccines can wear off after six months. It makes the most sense to get these vaccines in late October or November because the anticipated peak of illness during wintertime. So, unfortunately, the effectiveness uh, of these vaccines do wane. Uh, so, 
use your discernment whether it is the right choice for you. Use your common sense. Here we go. Common sense, public health measures also play a role in combating the triple-demic, as it's been labeled. Use your common sense. If you feel uh, you're sick, stay home. All right, here we have uh, an article by Today, story by Sarah Jacoby. Still testing positive for COVID-19 after 10 days? Here's what to know. With cold and flu season getting underway, COVID-19 cases are also ticking up. So now's the time to stock up on at-home tests and make sure you know exactly how to use them and how to interpret your results. What you do if you get a positive test result? How long can you test positive for COVID-19? And what if you just keep testing positive for 10 days or more? COVID is still the primary cause of new respiratory hospitalizations and deaths, with about 15,000 hospitalizations and about 1,000 deaths every week across the country, Cohen said. That marks nearly 10% increase in COVID-related hospitalizations and more than 8% increase in deaths during the week ending November 18th. The highly infectious Omicron subvariant HV1 is now dominant, causing about 32% of cases right now, according to the most recent CDC estimates. Another Omicron-related strain, EG5, also called Eris, is still responsible for an estimated 13% of COVID-19 cases. So how severe will this COVID-19 season be? Honestly, it really depends on how well we do as a community in trying to mitigate the spread. Dr. Diana Cordona, a member of the College of American Pathologists Board of Governors, tells Today.com. Knowing that COVID-19 is still out there, it's important to resist COVID fatigue and still not become complacent, says Cordona, who is also the vice chair and director at Duke Health Anatomic Pathology Laboratories. The worst thing for us to do as a society is forget about it. Getting tested lets you know what you have which can ensure you get the treatment that could save your life. How long can you test positive for? We see a ton of variation between people in how long they test positive. Well, that average is closer to 6 to 10 days. There are people who will hang on for longer than that. So, if you're testing positive, stay home. If you get super sick, go to the hospital. A scientist who helped Fauci discredit the lab leak theory is now speaking out. Washington Examiner, story by John Mittelmore. In March... 2020, Dr. Robert Cadlick addressed a House committee to confirm his role and responsibilities as the federal government's top preparedness official coordinating the government's COVID-19 response. As Assistant Secretary for the Preparedness and Response at the Department of Health and Human Services, Cadlick offered a lengthy statement to lawmakers on the four principal functions of his role. None of those functions involved downplaying, without scientific evidence, a theory that the virus emerged from a laboratory in Wuhan Institute of Virology. But that's what Cadillac now says he did by assisting Dr. Anthony Fauci, America's former top infectious disease advisor, in his effort to suppress the lab leak theory. Cadillac says it's a decision that keeps him up at night, literally. I wake up at usually about 2 or 3 a.m. and think about it, honestly, because it's something that we all played a role in, Cadillac told Sky News in an exclusive interview. For much of 2020 and 2021, anyone who brought up the possibility that COVID-19 emerged from Wuhan risked being labeled a conspiracy theorist by legacy media and fact-checkers. It started in February 2020 when Senator Tom Cotton, a Republican of Arkansas, appeared on TV and raised questions about the Chinese government's duplicity and dishonesty on the matter. Though Cotton explicitly stated, We don't have evidence that this disease originated there. He was promptly accused of spreading a conspiracy theory by the New York Times and the Washington Post. The latter eventually issued a correction. The former has not. Big Tech also got in on the action, including Facebook. The social media giant began banning content that suggested COVID-19 might have been man-made. Even after COVID lifted its ban in May 2021, 
Many remained afraid to speak publicly about the lab leak theory until a left-leaning comedian appeared on Stephen Colbert's show and broke the spell. There's a respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we know? John Stewart said mockingly to Colbert. Oh, you know, we could ask the Wuhan Respiratory Coronavirus Lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. This is just a little too weird, don't you think? Okay, so uh, John Stewart was uh, teasing the fact that the uh, virus was named after uh, a lab, and there was definitely some suppression. There's evidence uh, to suggest that Fauci, along with other official, uh, were directed to uh, guide the narrative towards a natural phenomenon, which is turning out to be a disputed theory. Moving on, The Verge, with a story by Justine Kalma, Google's new geothermal energy project is up and running. At a first-of-its-kind geothermal project is now up and running in Nevada, where it will help Google's data centers with clean energy. Google is partnering with startup Fervo, which has developed a new technology for harnessing geothermal power. Since they're using different tactics than traditional geothermal plants, it is a relatively small project with the capacity to generate 3.5 megawatts. For context, one megawatt is enough to meet the demand of roughly 750 homes. The project will feed electricity into the local grid that serves two of Google's data centers outside of Las Vegas and Reno. It's part of Google's plan to run a carbon pollution-free electricity around the clock by 2030. To reach that goal, it will have to get more sources of clean energy online. And it's geothermal as a key part of the future electricity mix that can fill in whatever wind and solar energy wane. Okay, so good for them. Science Alert, story by David Neald. Cracked piece of metal heals itself in experiment that stuns scientists. File this under, that's not supposed to happen. Scientists observed a metal healing itself, something never seen before. If this process can be fully understood and controlled, we could be at the start of a whole new era of engineering. In a study published in July, a team from Sandia National Laboratories and Texas A&M University was testing the resilience of the metal using a specialized transmission electron microscope technique to pull the ends of the metal 200 times every second. They then observed the self-healing at ultra-small scales in a 40 nanometer thick piece of platinum suspended in a vacuum. Cracks caused by the kind of strain described above are known as fatigue damage, repeated stress and motion that causes microscopic breaks, eventually causing machines or structures to break. Amazingly, after about 40 minutes of observation, the crack in the platinum started to fuse back together and mend itself before starting again in a different direction. This was absolutely stunning to watch firsthand, said materials scientist Brad Boyce from Sandia National Laboratories when the results were announced. We certainly weren't looking for it. What we have confirmed is that metals have their own intrinsic natural ability to heal themselves, at least in the case of fatigue damage at the nanoscale within a vacuum environment. These are exact conditions, and we do not yet know exactly how this is happening or how we can use it. However, if you think about the cost and effort required for repairing everything from bridges to engines to phones, there's no telling how much difference self-healing metals can make. Absolutely. On the cutting edge. Great Britain News, story by George Bunn. China's economic crisis grows as record 8 million default on mortgages and loans. Situation could get worse. 
Defaults by borrowers in China has surged to a record high since the outbreak of the coronavirus pandemic. Financial experts said the figures highlighted the depth of the country's economic downturn. According to local courts, a total of 8.54 million people, most of them between the ages of 18 and 59, are officially blacklisted by authorities. This is as a result of missing payment on everything from home mortgage to business loans. That figure, equivalent to about 1% of working-age Chinese adults, is up from 5.7 million defaulters in early 2020. It follows pandemic lockdowns and other restrictions which hampered economic growth and gutted household incomes. The rise in defaults demonstrates a spotlight on the country's lack of personal bankruptcy laws that might soften the financial and social impact of soaring debt. And there it is. Benzinga! Story by Benzinga Neuro. U.S. naval ships seriously violated China's sovereignty and security after unlawfully breaching territorial waters, says Beijing. The Chinese military blamed a U.S. naval vessel for severe infringement of its sovereignty and security in the South China Sea. What happened? The USS Gabriel Giffords sailed close to the second Thomas Shoal, an action that China alleges seriously violated China's sovereignty and security, reported Bloomberg. The Chinese military stated that the actions of this literal combat ship jeopardized regional peace and stability. The U.S. Pacific Fleet is yet to respond to these accusations, claiming that is a naval vessels operate in international waters. So there's some tension about uh, ships traveling in and around uh, areas of China. China responds by stating it is an act of potential antagonism. Biden's $7.5 billion promise? Two years and zero EV chargers installed yet. This is the Tesla Tale opinion piece by Madison Cates. The promise of a robust electric vehicle infrastructure was hailed as a transformative step for this nation's progress, with President Joe Biden's administration allocating $7.5 billion for EV charger deployment under the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. However, more than two years later, not a single charger stands as a testament to this substantial investment, raising substantial concerns and criticism about the efficacy of governmental action. Probably want to use substantial less, especially within a single phrase. The Biden administration lauding the legislation as pivotal for fostering EV adoption envisioned a nationwide network of 500,000 EV chargers, catalyzing emissions reduction, improved air quality, and job creation. Yet, despite the grand ambitions, the execution has stalled. Reports suggest that the absence of installed chargers isn't due to malfeasance, but rather ensnared within governmental inefficiencies and bureaucratic labyrinths. Politico's investigation points to government inefficiency, attributing the delays primary to the complexities of navigating new contracting and performance requirements imposed by the receipt of federal funds. Yeah, red tape. Bureaucratic red tape. Moving along. Ten things electric car owners keep quiet about. This is very interesting with the EV push that's going on in the world today. Let's see what is wrong with EV cars. Towing isn't a great activity for electric vehicles. EV truck towing reduces driving range. Replacing the battery is extremely expensive. They can't recharge everywhere. Charging times still aren't where they need them. Driving range is still limited compared to ICE vehicles, which are internal combustion engines, gasoline, petroleum. Some EVs have it, others lack it. Winter driving reduces range. Higher purchase price than traditional vehicles. Limited model selection. All of these are impacting the sales of EVs. 
Consumer reports say electric vehicles are not reliable, and here's why. EVs have 75% more problems than internal combustion vehicles. Some are new to making EVs, some are new to making cars, meaning that the uh, companies making them are certainly going to see some issues, problems with the manufacturing. EV components are pricey and problematic. Hybrids, the most satisfying category. So a hybrid vehicle, meaning an EV battery along with a gasoline combustion engine. And moving right along. So they're just pushing the state that if you're going to get one, go ahead and get a hybrid for now. United States condemns horrific terrorist attack in southern Philippines. A uh, story by Reuters, or Reuters, and it is not attributed to a specific individual. The United States condemned the horrific terrorist attack during a Catholic mass at a university in southern Philippines that killed at least four people and injured dozens. The State Department said on Sunday, The United States is in close contact with its Philippines partners and stands with Filipinos in rejecting the act of violence, it said in a statement. We continue patrols and security in schools is tighter. Major Alanad Moner, spokesperson of the Lanao del Sur Police Office. So yeah. Bunch of students were killed, uh, Christian students by Muslims because of disagreement in faith. And here we have the Washington Examiner with a story not attributed to any specific author. Biden's war on faith and family continues. Pushing back against the Biden administration's radical identity politics, 19 state attorney generals and numerous conservative and religious organizations this week stood up for religious liberty and for long-standing effective child adoption services. Good. The Biden proposal at issue is pernicious. As succinctly put by Advancing American Freedom, a think tank founded by former Vice President Mike Pence, the proposal would violate the religious freedom of foster care families and ultimately make the shortage of families working within the foster care system worse. This is basically stating that if uh, these groups that are uh, into uh, helping families and adoption do not back the uh, ideology of gender uh, diversity or gender identity, gender expression, that they will be removed or banned or uh, disenfranchised, uh, divested, and unable to uh, avail of any government funding. Constitutionally, illegal all right and there we go let's wrap this up all right i want to thank all my sig tigs all my day oneers for showing up coming back to the show if you like what you see like subscribe share around the link if you don't understand about finances you want to know what bitcoin is how to invest in the stock market, anything like that, check out at Sigma Tiger Trade on YouTube. If you like text-based news, you like to go to Twitter instead of hearing my voice, go ahead and check out at Sigma Tiger News on Twitter. Again, like and subscribe, 10,000 subscribers, the mask comes off. Reveal who the tiger is. So I want to thank everyone for showing up. Thank everyone for coming back. I love my Sig Tig community, and I'll see you again next time. Sigma Tiger. Signing off.